The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sarge, High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone, goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again! Platoon, present cell phone. High Five! High Five! Casino! Casino! Win at High Five Casino! High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. If your business needs a new application, then developers will have to write code. A lot of code. If an application needs to be modernized, then you'll need time, resources, and caffeine. If that sounds daunting, then you need Watson X Code Assistant. AI designed to multiply developer productivity so you can generate code quickly. Let's create a more modern foundation for business with Watson X Code Assistant. Learn more at ibm.com slash codeassistant. IBM. Let's create. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This podcast is part of the How We Are Network. For information on this episode and many other like-minded shows, visit howweare.org. That's H-O-W-W-E-A-R-E dot O-R-G. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of 100 Words or Less, the podcast. I'm your host, Ray Harkins. I am sitting here on a beautiful day in Southern California. Summer is here. I just finished a salted caramel donut. It was oh so good. I haven't had one of those in in a long time, but yeah. Anyways, the guest this week is Justin Pearson. He is a renaissance man. He has played in a million bands like The Locust, Swing Kids, All Leather, and he currently plays in a band called Retox. He's written books. He's involved in film. The dude is prolific and hardworking. More on him in a minute. Let's get some business out of the way. So for those of you that listened during the month of May, you heard me pimp this fundraising campaign for the show. And some of you listened and donated. And I'd like to thank some of you at the top of the show. A regular, regular listener and a regular email buddy of mine, Nick Genta, G-I-U-N-T-A, great dude, contributes to the show, tosses me guest ideas. We email on a pretty regular basis. I would say like at least once or twice a week. And uh, yeah, I, I can't thank you enough for your support, Nick. Tip of the hat to you, my friend. And another huge supporter. This guy came in big with a large donation, and I am so humbled by that. I I think when people say that, that it's kind of the opposite effect. Like maybe you're not so humbled. You're kind of like, oh, I expected that. I don't know. In any event, Samuel Brick, I've never spoken with you before, but check your email, bro. I emailed you. Let's talk. Let's Let's get to know one another. Let's be friends. So... Thank you to both of them. And if you want to jump in on this whole donation process, 
Go to 100wordspodcast.com. Check out the right side of the page. You'll be able to click on a link, and then you'll get cool stuff. You'll get buttons, pins, a chance for me to interview you for an upcoming show, other awesome stuff. So check it out, and I appreciate for those of you that listened and donated. Visit propertyofzach.com, our great media partners. Like I said, visit the show's website, 100wordspodcast.com. Email the show, 100wordspodcast at gmail.com. And if you're feeling generous, go and review the show. There's act, there's actually two new reviews that are just awesome. Like I think the the highest compliment that this show can be paid is the fact that it seems like it's a very relaxed conversation, that the people enjoy being a part of it. it it's so amazing because if that is coming across to you, the listener, it, it, it's great. I have accomplished my job of making this person that I am interviewing comfortable enough to share things that they don't typically do. So thank you very much. Review the show. Anyways, business aside, I want to talk about something else before I talk to Justin for a long time. This is something I actually mentioned in an interview. Uh, I can't remember a few shows ago, but basically, so I was watching a band uh, called Tokyo Police Club. They're a really good band. I got keyed into them a few years ago from my good friend, Jeremy Bohm. And he he loved them live, said they were great. So I was like, okay, I got to check them out. This new record's really good. I enjoy it. And so watching them, it was good. It was a good show, solid show. But I, I couldn't help. I mean, the show was packed. It was probably, I don't know, close to like eight, 900 people there. So it was solid. Um, but this is a band that's been around for a while. They're on their, I don't know, third or fourth full length. And, you know, they're, they're plugging away at it. But you always wonder, like, to me, having seen a band like Phoenix, who is, you know, substantially larger than Tokyo Police Club. The whole hierarchy of bands where it's like, okay, when you're a small band, you wish to be a little bit larger. And then when you are a little bit larger, you wish to be that sort of next level of band. So it's like, you know, what does a band like Phoenix want? Do they want to be like Coldplay? And then like, what does a band like Coldplay want? Do they want to be a band like U2? Um, it's just an interesting thought process because it just goes to show that like there's literally no satisfaction. And while that is obviously a positive thing in regards to the drive and passion that we all feel when we are doing something creative and that sort of that, that strive where it's like, oh, we got, I got to do that next thing in order to get this thing. The takeaway that I get from it on the sort of negative side of things is the fact that you're not even relishing that moment when you are experiencing it. It's always that perpetual motion machine of, you know, it's like a treadmill where it's like, oh man, like if there's a, a little carrot that's held in front of me or a piece of chocolate or whatever the hell you like, you get it, you eat it, and then that's it. And then something else gets held in front of you. And like, you know, there has to be that moment of like, man, that was a really good carrot or that was a really good piece of chocolate. And sometimes I think that that moment is completely lost on the fact that you got to look for the next thing. I'm just, yeah, I'm curious if you have any thoughts or if that's ever entered your mind, but it just kind of started to blow my mind where it's just like, yeah. And then ultimately, once you get to the top, what does a band like U2 need? You know, what does a band like Radiohead need to just be creatively unencumbered by anything and basically they can do whatever they want and that's like true freedom? Of Yeah, there's there's some element to that. But um, yeah, I'm just so curious about that sort of that mindset and, you know, what's what what keeps the desire going? Justin Pearson. Like I said, he's played in a ton of bands. He is a very prolific figure within independent music. I personally have loved a majority of the stuff that he's done. He was gracious enough to open his doors to his home in San Diego, and uh, we just chilled out on his couch, hung out, talked for a long time. He shared a lot of different stuff. 
Um, and it's cool because like he he has a very confrontational nature when he is playing live. When I first started to get into music, it, he was one of those guys that was just like, oh yeah, Justin Pearson, like that guy's a dick or man, he's he's kind of arrogant and what. There's all these these conceptions of a person. I, I've encountered him on more than one occasion, and he's always been nothing but awesome to me. So it's just always interesting to kind of have those things that still honestly kick around in the back of my mind in regards to like, oh, I remember when that was the common opinion of a person like him. Sitting down with him at his house was just like, well, there's nothing of that, not even for a second. So anyways, here's my conversation with Justin. I will talk to you after. And just when um, Locust started to play up there, I mean, you guys obviously played up there a lot, but especially seeing shows at Coos Cafe, it was one of those things where it was like the weirdos that would all congregate on your shows. Because this is like, at the time, like I was, whatever, 16, 17 years old. So it's like, you know, my musical palette is like, you know, Earth Crisis, Strife, like that sort of stuff. But then immediately identifying with Locust because it was like, wow, this is aggressive and short and weird and awesome. But then when I would go to a show, it was just like, who are all these people? Like, <laughs> like these aren't like people like me, but they're all, like all across the spectrum. Was it, <laughs> was it one of those things like as you guys obviously started to play out, you you saw the diversity in people that were like showing up to watch you guys play? Or is it just one of those things where you're just showing up like, oh, that's cool. Some people are here. Well, I think it's different because, you know, you said your palette was you reference like, you know, Strife and, and Earth Crisis. And for me... I think even before the Locust, when I was playing in Struggle, exactly, uh, it, we, you know, we would play with Strife, right? And I, and I felt no, ally, like allegiance or I guess alliance to them, or or like no, or you feel like you were peers in a way. You know, I mean, to an extent, I was like, hey, we're the same age when we play aggressive music, but <laughs> that was about the extent of it, you right? Know? Right. So for me, it was always like, oh, but we're playing with Born Against, or we're playing with Tit Wrench, or we're playing with, you know, Rorschach, or someone who's like. Um, Who's just a little bit different? I mean, maybe not necessarily musically, but like yeah. the, the 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 their uh, their their fan base seemed a little bit more open. Sure, and Good. it wasn't so geared towards a specific you know demographic. And I think that was kind of so by default. Like when the locust started, it was like oh now we're all, all also just like adapting all these other elements of music, mm-hmm. and we kind of have like this sort of. I don't want to say fan base, but like community that is mi- yeah, that's that a is, good that is good mixed. way of putting it. Yep, you know, and and to me, it's like you know, you can look at things like like a lot of hardcore bands, like you know, not to bash Strife because it is fine for what it is, but not something I relate to personally. Sure. So there's this there's this whole kind of like Strife element, but then I think like what about like when there was like um, the Germs and and, mm-hmm. and Circle Jerks and stuff, where it was just like freaks and weirdos and. Or like when I grew up watching that movie Suburbia, of course, know? yeah. And there's like a freaking skinhead hanging out with the right. punks. Like it's like that's just like you know any, anything goes. And so yeah, it was kind of seemed like okay, well this is just like a punk scene, but not like I don't want to use the word punk like punk rock, but like right. But ethically, this is like punk. And sure. So it, it was kind of like fine for everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's, I, I and that was even at my younger age of like not having you know a ton of show going experience. It was. You guys were truly one of the first bands that I, I noticed where it was like, okay, people are getting pulled <coughs> in that are sort of outside of the community, so to speak, where it's yeah. like you could tell, like, 
they're they were they go to shows but maybe not the same shows that i was particularly used to and yeah. so it was that but yeah i think the best, best word like you said is that sort of like community because you um, would see like metalheads and yeah like, and and like just weird artsy like nerds and like the right. whole every everyone yeah 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 was it was it one of those things like we, i mean you guys i presume started out with that intent to have like everybody kind of you know, it, it was all subconscious. I mean, right? Not, yeah, not, I'm sure you have no intent at that point. Yeah, we were just like, let's make this music and then let's play, and then all of a sudden it was like these things are happening. And in retrospect, it's like, well, we did this this stuff or whatever, and right. and it was cool. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the time we were just like, we have to do this. Like, I don't know, you know, we didn't know the consequences or the what, we didn't even know what was being put into it. We were just like driven by by life you know right 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 <laughs> by by the the angst that we need to express sure i mean nothing else mattered it's like no matter what we're gonna just everything will come to this pinnacle you know? right and right that's all that mattered and the because obviously i know you cover a, a lot of your own personal life experiences in your book um and you know not to kiss your ass but you did a really good job at that book <laughs> I mean, I, I'm sure, I mean, I, I, I can only imagine how difficult it was putting it together because it was one of those things where it's like when you read a, a you know, a, a book specifically about some sort of subculture and obviously it's like, you know, you were specific about it, but general enough to where a person who obviously doesn't have the experiences of you and I can read it and still mm -hmm. pull something from it. But it's so difficult to capture a voice where it's like you, you know, I, I felt like you were, <coughs> it felt like talking to you when I was reading the book, as opposed to there are other people who have, you know, written books about a subculture that you feel like you could tell there's another person's like heavy uh, influence on it. You know uh, what I'm saying? Um, was that, was writing a book awful or like, did you enjoy the process? Like, cause I imagine that's just really tough. It was easy. I mean, I would do it on tour when I had time in the van sure. or something. And that was, so it wasn't like tough in that sense, but it, the, I guess the challenging part was like trying to make it, interesting because I feel like a lot of it and also in retrospect I think like I probably could have definitely could have written the book better I think that there's certain things I should not have written about I think there's things that aren't that interesting yeah and I think it could have been better sure and so but as far as like the voice goes you know I feel like um the editor was really cool and we're like we, we don't want to distort take that, that away yeah. like you know and but I learned a lot and learned a lot about writing and then I wrote a second book and I think that's the second one's way more calculated and funnier and, and, right. and I think more at, from a writer's perspective, it's better. It's diff it's just a different kind of uh, Right. Kind of you, you, you went into it with obviously a different approach. Like it wasn't, like you said, just the sort of like, you know, tour essay sort of thing. Sure. I mean, it wasn't obviously all about tour, but like, you know, the, the certain snapshots of your life that you had to kind of like piece together as like an overarching narrative. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you, could, you, could, you got a sense of that where it was like... But it, but it also was written, I think, um, in, a, in a strange manner, uh, sort of like how, I guess, my mind works by writing an album or something because mm -hmm. it's like little chunks of things and then all of a sudden it comes together and, and becomes <laughs> yeah. a linear thing. You know, you okay, here's... Because, you know, I would just write, like, I'm going to write about, like, you know, Kiss or, like... The, the band case or yeah or i'm gonna you know like i'm gonna write about getting divorced or something you know and then so and then after you have like did it, did, 40, did it start like with that simple of like you like this germ of a thought like i'm gonna write about this thing now like was it, it it started off like that and then you obviously extrapolated from there yeah because i what happened was i was asked to write this tour diary mm -hmm. and i did it and then i sent it out to some friends and john waters is one of them and he said you should write a book and i was like whatever <laughs> Yeah. 
thanks for the, you know, like... <laughs> yeah, like, thanks thank, for placating me. Right, right, sure. Yeah. No, no, not like in a negative, but like, right. yeah, yeah, you know, whatever. <laughs> and so, so he's like, no, 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 just try it. Just, like, write a story. Okay. And so I was like, huh. So I wrote this one story about about going and, and thought, where I thought I was going to go see Kiss play. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and then I, so I wrote it, and I was on tour, and I was like, this is weird, you know? I don't know if this is good. And so I showed it to Gabe, and... Um, Gabe Serbian, he was like, dude, yeah. this is hilarious, you know, and right. so then I sent it to, to, to John, I was like, is this what you mean? And he's like, there you go, there's the start of your book, and I was like, whoa, like, and, then, and then it like, and that was it, I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna obsess on this, and so, so I guess, I mean, I don't know how writers would write, you know, I mean, I guess there's no r- real, like, set way, so, right. I, so I would just say, like, well, shit, what was another thing that happened, or, or like, it wasn't even like I was trying to figure it out, I was yeah, just yeah, sitting yeah. there. And I would think about something and be like, oh my god, you know, that was... What about that time? That oh, was yeah. so wild when we were in, in Australia and we started a riot. You right. Know? And then I'll write about that. Right, And, then right. That, and, then, and so it kind of go, go like in that. And then so after a while, I was like, oh, I have like 40 of these stories and let me put these in order. And then it, and then it like kind of seemed like a book. Right, right. You then know? you're like, oh, I see. Like, you unintentionally... There were patterns in it that you, that were a through line that you could weave together. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then at one point, you know, I, I was really lucky not being a, a trained, author, you know, author or a writer. Right. I was I was very lucky to have a, an editor that was like that was patient and 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 had really good constructive criticism and sure. And so she was like, these these stories you should take out, and then you need to add something between these few stories, and then it will make like this kind of cohesive. Yeah, um, thing a more complete project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think anybody that looks at the idea of like a book is is so daunting. But it's like it's cool that you obviously had a positive experience and you weren't you know obviously enough to want to do another one. Because um, I would imagine that a lot of people start and they never either never finish or finish one. They're like, I never want to do. That. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, and then I, I kind of got egged on by a friend to do the second one, and it right. was and it came out really easily, and it was very. Very specific to electronic. It was about electronic music. Right. Two stories, and it was very. It was easy, and it was. And but it was. It was nice because the stories were a little bit longer, and it was easy to. Um, I found my writer's voice. Okay. And so it, I, I was like, oh, I can be. I can be funnier, sure. and, and I can talk more shit about myself, and that was like the key. I was like, I don't want to criticize other people. I think that's very counterproductive. I want to just. Make fun. Of, if I'm gonna make fun of anything, it'll be myself. Right. And yeah. that and that self-deprecating. And I, but right. like, <laughs> there's there's a bit of like subversiveness in it because by me making fun of myself, I'm actually I probably shouldn't even say this, but I'm actually making fun of the other people. It's you know? right. <laughs> you're you're taking equality from something else that you don't enjoy, putting it in yourself because there's an element of that, and then you yeah you're able to like well because I'm ad- I'm identifying with like my own humility and like right. how I'm doing something that's like in a sense i guess humbling or at some point like is going to show me that like yeah i need to laugh at myself and then the, so the other people involved are like very serious and they're the ones that can't laugh at themselves and i'm like well then they're the ones that they're the, actually making fun of right the joke's on them <laughs> sort of but then i started working on a third book and it's full of interviews and this is and i've never really d- done that you know and it's like uh-huh. so the people are all over so i my, 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 my idea was to do interviews, <coughs> do like a couple questions at a time through oh. email and then let it create a dialogue. Not oh, like, sure. not like here's, here's 20 questions. questions. Yeah. Right. And like answer, like we're going to do like a few and see where this goes. 
but people are not very, um, not that they're not responsive, they're just not. It's hard to engage over, over email, like to have that sort of like dialogue. Yeah. It's difficult because it's like, not only like you obviously have to put the work in yourself in regards to crafting these questions that could hopefully spawn in a conversation. The other person, they can want to contribute, but it's like getting them in the right mind frame to want to do that. It's hard. Yeah, so you have one person that's like <clears throat> diary of the mouth, and you have these essays pouring in, and then you have another person where you're like, "Hey, I sent you two questions like a year ago. Do you think you could just answer them? Just go ahead and take care of that. You know, just say yes or no. Right. Or let me and then let me move on. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, every musical outlet that you have, you know, introduced to the world, they're obviously like it's confrontational, like either sonically or obviously you guys' stage presence and like you specifically as a person. Um, I mean, you know, like all the way back to obviously struggle. Is it is it one of those things like there's there's that gratification of the the feed, the immediate feedback you get from like the confrontation, or is it one of those things like that's just naturally that comes naturally? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it's an element of both. I, it might be it might be everything you said, and it might be none of it because mm-hmm. um, a part of me I think does appreciate the hostility and the and the and the. Not in in just like the reaction, any kind of reaction. If it's negative or positive, it's fine as long as they're reacting because there's a lot of stuff where people just don't give a shit. Yeah, it's vanilla, and, right? And I think apathy is the is is the end of the end. You know, it's like this sucks. Like who cares? Right. And so, but but I'm also not like I don't really want it to be negative, and I don't want it to be hostile. I I, I you know like for a while I remember thinking like God, oh, this is such a fucking drag. Like everyone's always fighting us or whatever. You yeah. Know? And then I remember just at one point I was like, I, I don't know what it was, like maybe some tour the Locust did or something and it was and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. And we're like, whoa, everyone's like really positive and it's just like <laughs> such a cool thing. Like, you know, and like, yeah, part of me missed like the, because the, when you have that hostility, you have this drive, you know, and you want to, and it's like you, and, and it's not that it's like, it, it, whatever kind of like violent element is added is not, to me, it's not like pointless violence and it's not like I'm out fighting people or something yeah I'm t- totally not into violence at all but that like negativity and that aggressiveness has a meaning and it's warranted in in my in my opinion yeah so I don't know I mean it's like part of me thinks like I'm glad that it exists and part of me thinks like I wish everything was like cool and didn't have to go through that but I, then I also think <laughs> there'd be no challenge and there'd be no I, I don't know like I think if everyone was just kind of like Oh, we're all we're all like artistic, and we're all into like you know super left politics, and right. and, and you know it'd be like oh th- then you live in Portland at that point, you know, and like, <laughs> yeah, and then you just mm-hmm. become like an echo chamber. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We're sitting here; it's like June, and you're like, where has the time gone? And everybody's like, oh my gosh, I have no idea. I got to like accomplish all these other things. Take a moment, focus on the things that obviously for one matter to you, but for two. Look back, be like, what have I done well? What have I done not so well? And maybe I can, you know, ask some friends and family for some help. But where I have always gone to in regards to figuring out what I can do better, therapy. Therapy is an incredible tool at your arsenal that you can dip into. I've done it for my marriage. I've done it for myself personally. And I'm a huge advocate for what therapy can do for you because it is a third party that's able to look at what you can do to improve your life and be a person to help you along in your journey. And so I think if you were thinking 
of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and entirely suited to your schedule. All you do is fill out a brief questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and then boom, you're done. It's great. And then if you're not vibing with the therapist, you can switch it at no additional cost. So take a moment, reflect on the things you've done, reflect on the things you want to do, and visit betterhelp.com slash Ray today to get 10% off of your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash Ray. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won. Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing high five casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Woo! <laughs> I won again! I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your high five moment today? Only at highfivecasino.com. High five casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High five casino. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Like everyone's saying yeah. the same thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, I mean, it, it, it strikes me in, in who, who you are as a person and obviously what you've put out artistically. The reputation precedes you as far as like the expectation of that sort of like confrontation, whether it's musically or politically or whatever. Two parts of that, that there's, there's always a reason behind it. And that you are like, like you're saying in your book where you could turn it back on yourself you, you took it seriously to a point, but like, I always felt like there was always, there was always a sense of humor sure. in what you were doing. And like, sure. if anybody didn't see that, they weren't looking hard, like, you know, they weren't yeah. actually looking at it. <laughs> well, I think also like the element of humor to something that's very serious, <laughs> politics or something, right. makes it more um, digestible. You know, it's not so like, what, this is like textbook, you know, like if there's sure. an element of like entertainment to it, yep. you can kind of get it better and it seems a little bit more... I'm trying to reference someone that I could appreciate that I don't really necessarily agree with, you know. Sure. I mean? um, but off the top of my head, I can't think yeah, of someone. Yeah. But but you, you think of like someone like George Carlin or or like Daniel Tosh or something, you know, sure. or, or Louis C.K. Like these are all people that I feel like are, are spot on. But but you know they have these like elements of politics and they're and they're they are very subversive. But then they also have a spin on it to where you're like, okay, this is entertaining as well, right? That sort of dialogue that people have around those people, it, it can hopefully open the door for them to become involved <coughs> in, in, like you said, obviously, decrease apathy and hopefully increase the curiosity of whatever it is that they're talking about Sure, um, to be involved in something and like yeah. actually care. Well, yeah, and this is another interesting thing too. Is like some like some of my friends trip out on me because um, well, I'm an atheist, and I have a I have a friend of mine mm -hmm. who is a is a minister of a church in San Diego, and he's he's gay, okay, and he's openly gay, and so he he so he is a gay minister, right? And um, I I have so much respect for him, yeah, but I have so much respect for him not because he's gay, right, but because he's just like a badass like. He's just insane. He's sure. totally crazy. Right. And and he and he's not. I don't know. He's very he's very interesting. And 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 I, I, where I do see his flaws, and I see him contradicting himself. 
Mm-hmm. I, I look past that and I think like that guy is challenging everyone, you know, yeah. to an extent or this sort of like status quo. He's challenging the status quo. He's subverting the idea of what, I mean, I'm not sure what denomination he's preaching, but he's subverting the fact that of whatever faith he's, he's professing. Uh-huh. And then he's also subverting the fact that it's like, he's so into his religion that he is a minister of it. And there's so many contradictions with sure. him that, that, yeah. So yeah. But, but part of me is like, dude, you should just pretty much like God is like, it's written in, in the scriptures that he doesn't like you. you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you looked at that part of the, the, the Bible that it says? But, but I, you know, but he talked me to going, I went to his, see his sermon before to see his, uh, one of his, one of his, um, lectures. And I'm like, Jesus, I'm, I, I shouldn't be here. It's too early in the morning. And like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm in the back, like, in all in all black, like a vampire. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's eight o'clock in the morning. You know, what am I doing here? Yeah. But I, I, but I really respected him, and I thought, like, this is crazy. And he, you know, him and I have conversations, and we'll discuss these things, and I'll, and I, and I, you know, and I, he's not like trying to convert me, right? And, and I'm not trying to convert him. I just think, like, well, this is insane. I totally have. There's so much respect for you because whatever you're doing is at least creative, and at least, um, I don't know. I, I guess I just see like. I can relate to it. Right. There's a level of respect there that you're just like, while we don't agree (laughs) philosophically, I like what you're doing. Sure. Right, right, right. I mean, he he was like, I guess he was responsible for this billboard in San Diego. His his church was responsible. He he was the one that, you know, spearheaded it where it it was an apology. (laughs) Oh, really? It was like an apology for Christians being bigots or whatever. Sure, sure. You know, and I was like, God, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like, and that was going to freaking piss off a lot of people of course yeah yeah so so that was like to me that was like one of these stunts that i would pull or or like you know like (laughs) yeah yeah i relate to that man you're like i would if i was in your shoe i was you i would be doing (laughs) the intro to like independent music in general um you know where did that where did that place in your life like were you you know were you in junior high high school like when did that start to um you know infiltrate you when i was about 10 i started getting into it was through skateboarding. So okay. I got into like thrasher skate comps, skate sure. rock comps. Who introduced? Like, was that just kind of out there? Like, did you how how did that kind of come into your life? That's skate, far as skate. Yeah, skateboarding skating, was just it was just there. the world was gonna be like you're gonna do this and, right. and you have to. I, I don't know how. I mean, I remember I was in Phoenix and I came out to San right. Diego on a vacation and I remember so weird. I remember um, walking down this alley mm-hmm. and I was I was nine or ten and there was this skateboard in the middle of the road and I was like what and it was green and I remember like thinking like well um, I'm like this is Excalibur just sitting <laughs> yeah and it was like in the in the middle of this alley right and I and I was so scared and I was like fuck I'm gonna take it you yeah. know and I ran back to where I was staying with my parents and I was like I thought they were gonna be like you need what are you doing where do you you know and I was right. like mom I found this she's like oh cool and then that was it and I was like okay well now this is like my jam and skateboarding so I went back to, to Phoenix and right. and and we'd go to this mall, and um, they had a Vans. Um, back then, like, the Vans stores were, like, they sold skateboards. Skateboards, right. And, and um, there was this punk dude that worked there and was like, all right, you know, if you're going to buy this Rob Roscoff skateboard, you're going to you're gonna get this comp compilation tape. You know? Sure. And, uh, I'll take you under my wing. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, my Vans on here. You can check it out. I was like, oh, my God. You're like, okay. Your Vans on it, and it looks rad, and it's got a skateboard on the cover, and this is it. And, like, I think it was just, like... Yeah, that was, that was the starting point. Because your, <coughs> your parents weren't musical at all. Like they had, did they have any interest? They had in records, and I remember, yeah. I remember like looking at Led Zeppelin records and, and stuff like that, and and kind of tripping out. And 
Well, actually, they they were. My mom was really into Lover Boy. I remember, the, I remember oh, she yeah. like went and saw Lover Boy open for Journey. Okay, and she was like, Lover Boy was better than Journey. Journey, they're like, the headliner. Yeah, yeah and, and I remember thinking like, that's crazy. Like, wonder why, right? You know, why was it so much better? And and so, I, and I had no idea. I thought I, I didn't really care. Yeah, but um, I was really into Van Halen. I remember in nineteen eighty four when that yeah. album came out. Huge. I wanted to go and 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 you know and so and I already had like obsessed over Kiss as a little kid. So so then it's whatever that point was when I discovered these skate rock comps. I was like, this is weird and like mm-hmm. it's like. Um, not as like serious or like adult like you know I was right. like this is like fucked up and not right you know it wasn't I don't know it was weird and and that was it it was like discovered all kinds of shit you know I remember just like tripping out over septic death and and then and then learning about the cramps and you know and like uh, and then and then like sort of like figured out like what local bands were mm-hmm. and and then it was just I remember just like. Just diving into it head first. Yeah, and like going yeah. to record stores, and I remember this, always seeing this, um, these, this sticker at this Zia record store. In, in, in oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was there was always this like this sticker, and it said the birthday party, and it was like the junkyard record cover. Oh sure. And I was like, what is that cover? You know, right. it looks like something that a little kid would like. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, what is the birthday party? Right. Well, Whose party? Yeah, this you is birthday. I like birthdays. Yeah, <laughs> and, you know, I couldn't. And then it was just like, so I just started. <clears throat> It was like a floodgate, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I couldn't learn fast enough. Right. I always like, like, that part is so exciting, too, because you, you, since you have no context for it, all you're doing is picking what you actually truly do like, like, yeah. as opposed to being influenced by, you know, your friends or whatever. I mean, that, that come, that's all part of it, but, like, the fact that you <coughs> could be interested in the birthday party and cramps, like, that, that's... For all intent and purposes, that's, you know, more, especially the birthday party, that's more mature music. Like, you know, if you put that in front of, like, a 15-year-old's brain, they're probably not ready to process, like, that that yeah. challenging of a music as of yet. They're they're more geared to process, like, a punk band or whatever, which is obviously what you were doing at the same time. But I feel like it, I, I don't know, I mean, I guess I, I never really, okay, so when I discovered the birthday party at yeah. 11, it wasn't really, like, the lyrics and stuff, it was more just, like, the whole package, you know, I, I, I thought, like... The singer looks crazy, right? And there was so, there's something to this, yeah. Yeah, and, and um, I just remember thinking like seeing like pictures of them and and thinking like, what the fuck? That guy looks so crazy. His hair is so big and crazy looking, <laughs> right? And and uh, and all of their artwork is really interesting to me, right? And it and it sounds, it sounds nasty. Like it sounds like it's um, mean and, and and angry or or like. It's it to me, you know. I mean, discovering them at that age was like was very the birthday party and the cramps sort of, you know, definitely mm-hmm. had this like kind of campy horror. Feel. Right, right, so, that's true. So yeah. it made sense to me. Sure, you know? sure. Like, oh, this is like yeah, the over the topness of it. Sure, sure. <laughs> it was like circusy kind of. Yeah, know, like yeah. Dark circus, and I was like, oh, this is great. Like I like this. I'm a kid, and I like this. You know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. There were you weren't uh, deep diving into the themes of <laughs> of what they were addressing no, from I death. Or, yeah, you were just it was it was topical. But I remember like even. Way before that, I remember when I was a little kid, and I and I would and I was really into um, Mr. Roboto by Styx. Oh yeah, and the main reason was because it was like a robot, right, s- right, right, singing song. Yeah, around, yeah, you know. And I was like, oh gosh, this is cool. So it would only make sense why I would like these other kind of bands, these like sure. sort of goth bands, because I was like, oh, it's like a horror movie. Right. Know? Yeah. The the images lend <laughs> itself to that. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so the, as as you were going through you know high school and stuff like that, and as independent music was obviously like completely consuming you, when did um because was struggle your f- first band that you played in? Mm-hmm. It's that's pretty lucky that you actually. I mean, because like 
listen to your struggle now, like, I mean, I'm sure you would listen to it and laugh at it in some <laughs> respects, but I mean, it, it, it still kind of holds up. Like you, you can listen to stuff in the early nineties that is like, you know, like, okay, like that is, yeah, there's yeah. nothing that's happening yeah. there. Um, so that's, that, that's hard to do. <laughs> yeah. Like to, I mean, especially when you don't have any like uh, preconceived notion on what you want to accomplish besides the fact that obviously you guys wanted to be a very, uh, political and confrontational band from that perspective. But that's, that was the thing is I feel like maybe we lucked out because a lot of it. Cause were, were you in high school when struggle was? Yeah. Was, okay. I, we, I, I mean, I was, we, I was 15. Okay. And, um, so yeah, freshman, sophomore year. Yeah. And I, I mean, I guess I just remember like, um, I just remember, well, a lot of it has to do with, I think Jose Palafox. Sure. He became my friend when I was fourteen, and and um, was working with the Revolutionary Communist Party. Right. And I, and I and I was I was like, oh my god, this is fucking crazy. And like, and I and I for whatever reason, I I, I felt um, I understood it, and I under, and I and I wanted to do go to these protests. I part of me was like, there's all these other fourteen, fifteen, sixteen year old kids like doing stupid shit, you know? And like, right. I want to do this other kind of stupid shit. Like, I want to go fucking break shit and right, like get right. in trouble but like do it with a with a reason for sure, or sure. something you know and like fucking vandalism is rad if there if we're like if there's like a reason for it you know like <laughs> right and so and, and i think like i lucked out because not only was jose a really good drummer but he also had these other ties to these things that new was, ideas that yeah, yeah yeah you know and and it was crazy because all of us were just like fuck yeah like i don't think you know we weren't a communist band or anything and i I mean, I think if anything, like, you know, we, I just remember like really being into half of what the communist party was saying, uh -huh. but then the other part of me was like, I was really into like elements of crust punk and stuff. And I was like, well, what sure. about anarchy? And like, what about like, uh, you know, what about true equality? Because the communist party were, weren't interested in like the LGBT community. They weren't in, interested in animal rights. And these are right. things that like I felt were being addressed. Like, you know, when I would get like the new nausea album, it was like, right. they were fucking talking. You're about like, they're talking rights. about all of that. Yeah. yeah, 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 like, yeah. Why not? Like, why can't we care? Why can't we also care about this? Uh -huh. And they're like, we're about the worker struggle. And like, you know, they're very like into like the thing that, that turned me on to like the communist party was, was the struggle for women's rights. Sure. And, and I think also like, um, identifying with race and um and the, the the race issue was very important in San Diego because um, a lot of my friends are Mexican and, right. and we were next to the border and this is like when Roger Hedgecock was doing the light up the border thing and there was so much fucked up shit and this is like actually right around the Rodney King riots right right and so I think like by default like all the things that were happening was like all right we're gonna be fucking political you mm -hmm. know and it was really funny too because Jose was like let's call our band Proletariat Struggle. <laughs> and I said, well, we're not really like proletariats. I mean, I can't even get a job. Right, I'm, not, I'm, I'm pretty young. Yeah, yeah. But him and I both worked at the swap meet. And, oh, okay. And we, we sold t-shirts, you know, every weekend. Sure. And bootleg t-shirts and cassette tapes. And, <laughs> and and it was for his uncle's business, which became Music Trader, which I don't think is even a business. Oh, yet. wow. Yeah. <laughs> so that turned, he turned, he turned that, uh, the swap meet business into Music Trader? Yeah. Wow, crazy. So it was kind of weird how I was like, well, I don't know if he turned it into it, but somehow it was like affiliated. Oh, affiliated with it became it became Music Trader. Sure. Uh. So I remember, like, you know, I was already working, and I was like, "Hey, well, yeah, we, you know," I was like, "Well, technically, only half of our band is is our proletariat. Right. The, the other two are not working." Yeah, I don't know. It was just weird. It just seemed fitting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To like combine those those two <coughs> those those two elements that brought you know made you feel more comfortable with the message that you were putting out sure. it wasn't just focused on this one thing but then yeah. coming full circle yeah. not to keep 
like harshing on strife. Yeah, yeah. It was like it was we, would, point, we would right. show up being 16 years old to, to like play a show with strife. Yep. And they had like new gear and new clothes and they they probably didn't have jobs yet and we were like fuck man I have to go to work in the morning like we're in LA right. playing in this dude's backyard and I got to fucking go to work. Yeah. And school tomorrow, you right. know? And and like we also like on the way up to the show like had to stop and, and shoplift so we could, you know, like right. pay or whatever. Yeah, 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 and so yeah, it was, yeah. It was like, so we were like, well, how are we going to relate to this situation? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, there is a distinct difference. And I think a lot of that too, I mean, it's like <coughs> the way that San Diego in general obviously had to develop the music scene was always, it's it was always going to be not referenced because they're always referencing either Orange County or LA. Yeah. And so you guys were always... The you guys were left to your own devices because of that. Yeah, like, but then we got Gravity Records. I mean, of that, that like fucked everybody up. Totally. Yeah. More yeah. than Ebullition or anything. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. You. You. It, <laughs> once. Once that existed, and once that reputation preceded itself, it was that like you couldn't return from that. Yeah. Like yeah. Once that had been set in motion, it was like cool. You got you know weird looking hair. You got white belts. Like perfect. Yeah. Done. You, yeah. <laughs> you're good. <laughs> and so the. I presume because of obviously all your political beliefs that you were you know fostering as, as you were going through high school, I presume that like the idea of like oh man I like you know I can't wait to graduate can't wait to join the working world like that was never never part of your agenda like did you did you have stuff that you or did you have stuff that you wanted to do um, from a profession standpoint or was it just like I just want to tour and exist and be creative? I remember like okay I remember Jose graduating mm-hmm. a year before me. Or two years before me. Sure. Maybe one. I don't know. I remember him graduating before me, and I was, yeah, one year before me, and I was like, whoa, dude, this is crazy. Like, you made it. I, yeah. You know, like, I don't think anyone else make it, but I definitely didn't think you would make it. Right. And I, and I was like, this is fucking crazy. Right. And then it kind of like, no one ever really talked about it, you know, but his whole thing was like, I, he went to Berkeley and became a professor, and right. you know, I guess I wish I had those aspirations, but I was like, let's fucking go on tour, you know, and it wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't. <clears throat> it wasn't struggle, you know. We just started new bands, and I just started doing new things, and I put out a record. And but I was in college, you know. I went to community college right out of, right away, like right after high school. I was actually in my senior year of high school. I was already going to community college. Okay. But the reason why I was so into community college was because I was getting financial aid, oh, and okay. I and I was using that money to put out records. Perfect. And so yeah, and that was the inception of Thirty One G. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I never thought like. I'm going to get a career, you know, and then, I don't know, I mean, part of me thinks, like, I should have fucking got my shit together, <laughs> but, like, look, I, I mean, I, I, I'm not, I'm not dead, and I, and I'm, and I'm not, um, right, I'm not at the bottom, you know, and, and I, and I've lived life, and I've done all these things that I enjoy, and, I, and I'm glad I did it, right, so I don't have any, yeah, you're, you're, you're never going to look at that and regret that, it's just a matter of, obviously, what a person has as far as their focal point. Like, if they're like, okay, I'm going to graduate high school, I'm going to, you know, go teach or whatever. Whatever yeah. they feel that passion for. And it's like, sometimes it just doesn't get, that doesn't manifest itself in a way that is is meaningful to, like, the world. You, you I, I presume it's just like, well, I like all, I like being creative. I like being political and creative in this context. So, like, how can I figure out how to, like, keep doing that? I imagine that was maybe some I think, some thought process. I, I, yeah, I think part of it is, but I don't know, man. It's a trip because I always would reference my mom and my dad. When I was growing up, my my parents 
were f- very strange. One at one point in time, my dad worked for the electric company, and my mom worked for the gas company, and that's opposing companies. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and uh, and everyone's like, "Did your parents fight?" All-? And I was like, "Well, they do fight all the time, but they fought before that." Right. And and I was like, "Well, I don't know. It's weird. I mean, they fight with their jobs, but they were both unhappy." And I remember thinking, like, "It's so strange that they they hate." those elements of their lives like they're it's like this shit that totally they to that they and spend a lot of their time doing right yeah and I, and I would always think to myself maybe that's why they're alcoholics and maybe that's why they fight each other and um you know to me i thought okay i'm gonna just like do whatever i have to do to survive and and like try to try to make it fun and interesting to myself and mm-hmm. then now that i look back i think like god i was like a gypsy or like i still am sort of like a gypsy totally like, yeah yeah i don't know i just kind of like not fumble through stuff because part of it is calculated but like but I kind of like the fact that like there is huge chunks of my life where I'm like I have no clue what I'm doing right but like to me what it is is like you've you've always struck me as a person where it's like you you're all you're trying to do is create the environment like you said where you're just you're doing stuff to survive but you're creating the environment in which you can obviously for one express yourself and for two, like, be creative. Whether that is putting out records, you know, with the record label, or whether that is starting some sort of, you know, new musical project, whatever that may mean. Mm-hmm. All you're trying to do is just, like, trying to create that environment. And usually, it is through, like, a life of struggle in regards to, like, well, I don't know where I'm going to be in two or three months because I don't have this particular job or whatever, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so it's, it's, you know, I think that's... To me, that's the through line of what it is that you're like focused on. We're just like, well, yeah, I don't know where I'm going to be in a year, but I, I have created this space to yeah. <laughs> express myself creatively. Or I just always kind of know, like, I won't die. Like, I know, <laughs> like, I mean, I'm pretty sure I can, like... I can make it through. I'll hustle and figure it out. Right, right, right. And so then, I, I, you know, as <clears throat> the locust started to progress and start to become... You know, I mean, for all intent purposes, like a serious band where it's like, you know, you guys were, you know, doing well, like people were noticing what you were doing. Um, you know, did 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 it become a career in the sense of where it's like, and I use the word career loosely, but like where it was like you guys were making your living off of that and you could dedicate all of your time to that. So it was the business stuff started to infiltrate it. Like, how did that because that was that's a, that was a weird part in kind of music in general where bands started to see money. But, like, not to the extent of where it's like, oh, wow, here's hundreds of thousands of dollars, because that wasn't a reality. Yeah, we never saw that. But you but you guys were able to sustain yourself, correct? Like, as you were, or, or no? It was like, you got home from tour, work we, jobs. We always had jobs, yeah. Okay. I never, I mean, there was one point where I didn't have, like, a, a day job. Right. Not by choice. Mm-hmm. And, and I and I just really tried to run 3-1-G and, and do the Locust, and so... And I scraped by. Yeah. And that was for like two years. But for the most part, um, I always had a job and, and some sort of income, you know. But with the Locust, I mean, you know, we would do okay on tour. Right. But it wasn't like we were seeing royalty checks or anything. You know? No. So, and, it, and it was really strange, too, because I feel like we stopped at the point where if we kept going, I feel like it, we would have actually started to see a lot of money. Sure, sure. And the whole thing was like we, we kind of quit playing live and we kept writing a, re, a, a record. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of quit writing the record. I think just because everybody was um, involved in other things and kind of getting burnt out. You know? Yeah. And, you know, it's nice that we are able to revisit it. We did play those shows recently. Right, right, and, right. At some point, all of us will get back into it full force. But the world is strange, and we don't. You need to be just, right. You need to be in the right space. It'll happen. At some totally, point. Yeah, totally. Because yeah. 
it's kind of weird too because like right now it's like I feel like okay if we were to just go and do that that could be our careers right part of me thinks like jeez why don't we do that like we already paid the, the yeah, dues but, yeah but then I think like okay well then you're gonna ruin that sure you're, sure you're gonna be like the band that got back together for the wrong reason yeah know? no it's true and I'm sure and I'm sure <coughs> I'm sure that's been a continual struggle with like the stuff that you've done from a creative aspect where it's like because you know, no matter what the idea of art and commerce will always clash and so it's like did you either from running the record label or running the business of the band um, was it was it always that kind of like push and pull of like alright like we never ran the business of the band because we owe the t- we owe so much money in taxes. Okay. And and, and we <laughs> we're never gonna fucking pay it. Um, so so even if we saw money that like paid yeah. our rent for a month when we were on tour. Right, right, right. It's a moot point. It's pointless because right. we owe them hundred like a lot. I don't even know how much a lot. Right, right, right. Obviously having to join, you know, the 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 context of obviously a capitalist society, which obviously, you know, that was something that you struggled against. Um, you know. But wait, I'm not really against capitalism. Sure. I mean, I ran a record label. It's right. Not, no. Yeah. 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 But I yeah. think there's, I think there's, cons- or there's like productive capitalism. And That's there's true. Just like a, 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 a greed. A, yeah. Yeah. A greed-driven one. Yeah. Sure. 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 So, so yeah, that, that obviously like, but I, I guess more sort of the point, the the business aspect. Did you find yourself like good at it? Like, did you, it, did you enjoy that aspect of it? No. Okay. I hate taxes. I hate. Fe- I hate paperwork. Right. You know, I just want to think of these ideas like, oh, let's do this record that's shaped like a heart, you know, <laughs> or like let's um, do a picture disc five inch or whatever, yeah. something, you know, and, yeah, yeah. Or, 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 or like let's put this this to this tour, let's go on this tour and like only play like you know, yeah, sewers or something. Right. You know? <laughs> and then oh, these ideas are great. These are awesome ideas, and they're not going to make any money. Right. So uh, the money. I mean, I understand the rationality behind things because. That also, I'm into that. I'm like, okay, well, we can't do that because it's going to just, sure. we're going to bottom out. But I, I think like, yeah, the business stuff was never, because re- everyone's always, you know, even now, it's like even currently people are like, what's the future of music? And like journalists are trying to figure it out. It's like, fuck you guys for even talking about it. Like yeah. the future is like, right, why, why, like right now it's happening. Like there's music happening right now. Like you should care about these bands right now. Right. Yeah. They're fo- they're focusing on the. The business and how labels adapt as opposed to like actually you know what's a more interesting story of bands that are existing in the quote-unquote <coughs> the new paradigm and the new context well they look at things like what sold in the past and what was hip and let's do that again of and course. then for for the people that i was always like associated with we were always like what's happening right now like right. let's do something right now and not really care about the consequences. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sort. High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone, goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again! Platoon, present cell phone. High Five, High Five Casino. Casino. Win at highfivecasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. 
Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. This Father's Day, shop at the Home Depot to find the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. He's the weed-fighting, hedge-trimming, leaf-blowing lord of the lawn. He sees the job, and he gets it done. Because your dad is a doer. So show him you appreciate everything he does with the tools he needs to power up his landscaping game. This Father's Day, give him the convenience and gas-like power of innovative and durable Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad does, everything he is, and everything he can be, find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Right. Well, yeah, you, you, the, it was very reactionary. Like you, the, the stuff that you either did from a record label perspective or from a musical perspective was you, you kind of were able to trace the idea of like where it came from, where it was like, okay, like we'll put together a, you know, like the, the, the locust Arab on radar split of the jigsaw puzzles. Like, you know, like mm. you saw why they did that because it was like, oh, like they've always done creative packaging uh-huh. or like zany ideas, you yeah, know? Uh-huh. And so it was like, oh yeah, like you got that. And it was like, yeah, they're friends with Arabon Red. So yeah, of course. Like yeah. you see that as opposed to like, oh, here's a calculated move. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was a reaction. Like, of course, this is a great idea. Let's do this. <laughs> Let's bring it out into the world. I mean, meeting Arabon Radar was changed my life. Yeah. They, they were, they were a whole other level of just fucked up. Oh stuff. yeah. No one can make sense of that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so then the, I mean, the fact that obviously you yourself are still being, you know, creative from the record label perspective, creative from, you know, playing retox and, uh, you know, all leather, you know, as, as you grow older within the context of a, you know, essentially youth driven music, you know, you have to, you have to work harder to kind of stay involved as you grow older because life gets in the way of that or whatever. Um, you know, why, why is it still important for you to obviously be involved from that perspective? You know, why is it important for you to play, you know, like a warehouse show with Retox or whatever? Like, but what else would I do? <laughs> I don't so, know. No, I mean, yeah, that's a, it's a fair, it's, that's a fair question to yourself. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I just think like, I wake up and I go like, today I want to do this. Mm-hmm. Or, or like, these are the things that I want to work towards. Sure. And then that, and then I leave it at that. Right. You're like, it's as simple as that. That's and, all that, that's in on my mind. Is right. like, these elements of of um, of art mm-hmm. and politics and culture, like that's all it's consuming me. So so therefore, like I mean, I know there's all these other things I could do. I could just stop being weird and go and get a <laughs> career, you know. <laughs> right, right. But I, but I could do that. I really could. I totally right. could. But I don't want to. Right. And I know I don't have to. And so I just don't. Right. <clears throat> and the, the notion of of. Not not saying relevant, but staying current with obviously the state of music in general. Um, you know, the what what inspires you to obviously like keep checking out new bands and obviously keep involved from that perspective. Because <coughs> it's one thing to be involved from like creating music, uh-huh. but it's another thing to be involved to be like, hey, here are these great new bands that I found out about personally that I want to do something with or just enjoy them. You but know? it's kind of like that time when I was a little kid and I just turned the corner and walked down that alley and there was a skateboard. Right. Like I don't I don't know because. I remember there was this interview where they were asking Gabe Serbian like what like mm-hmm. um, what are, what are his favorite like hardcore bands or something and he said he said I don't listen to hardcore I just play it and I was like fuck that's a great 
point, you know? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Because, yeah. like, I don't know. I don't want to sound like an asshole, but I don't yeah. really listen to that, like, a lot of that kind of music. Like, Of course. Like, we talked about Rob. Fucking love Narrows. Totally. Totally love that new album. It's, yeah. like, one of my favorite albums. Such a good album. I love the band. Right. But, like, but Narrows was, like, the skateboard in the alley, you know? Right. And so, like, I'm about to go on tour with Dillinger's Escape Plan yep. and, and, and Trash Talk. Yep. I know Dillinger very well. Trash Talk... I've never heard them. I mean, I've heard like one song. Right, you're aware of them. It but wasn't. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't the skateboard in the alley for me. It was right. just like, oh, it's trash talk. That's fine. I'm sure they're good. Sure. But like, I don't know. But like the but Dillinger, like they presented themselves. They're to, like not like they personally presented right. themselves to me. But that, but that <laughs> we are we are worshiping at the altar no, of Justin. Here, no, we, that yeah. band presented itself to me. Like, whoa, what the fuck is this? What's happening? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, like this is weird. Like. It presented himself, itself in a strange way. In Japan and Tokyo, the Locust was on tour, and we played one show with them a long time ago. And I was like, "Who the fuck are these guys?" Right, right. You know, and like, and that was it. I was like, "Okay, and this is it." And now I love Ben and and Liam, and I think, and, and I think they're a fantastic band. Totally. So it's like, I just think like I don't know. I, I don't. It's not that I'm like today. What am I going to go find? I mean, the last few days I've been like pushing forward with all this three one G stuff, right. announcing that we're doing the Retox Narrow split. Yep. Repress are are finally releasing this Kill the Capulets record, which is a mm-hmm. weird, obscure band. It's not a band anymore, but I think it's such a great record mm-hmm. that has like Mike from Retox and the Festival of Deer, but it also has Rocky Crane from Your Future, who was also in Some Girls for a minute. Like right. you know, like, all these it's different. Your fa- the family, yeah, yeah. And so it's like, so I, I didn't, you know, it wasn't like. So is there like a really relevant like kind of band like? happening that I should go find and sign or put out the record you know no I want it, the world to just present it right and that and then and that will be and that will be it I mean I, I guess lately like I just discovered this guy David Van Ronk this okay. old folk singer sure it's totally obsessing over his music well it's, but see I, I think it doesn't you know it doesn't matter necessarily like what music obviously like is is you know tickling your fancy for that particular moment but it's the fact that you still feel like you still get that feeling of like whole, like to be obsessed with something to oh, just be yeah. like find out about it and then be like i have to know everything about that person yeah like and that cuz I, I don't think that's not how for all intent and purposes like normal people work like you know whatever they make it obsessed with the sports team and obviously know all of the history about behind uh-huh. that or whatever but it's like you know, most people interact with, especially for music, where it's like they hear it and then, oh, that's a good song, and that's essentially where it it's, ends. Yeah, and but so, you know, it was like for me, like discovering like that birthday party sticker. It was just a sticker, yeah. and then I'm like, what is that? And right. I want to know everything about it. You know, finding these little things. Like I, I, I don't know what it, I don't really understand how. Um, I hate the algorithms of Pandora and stuff like that. But I was in my girlfriend's <laughs> yeah. car and she was listening to. What's that movie that came out? The Coen Brothers film about the about the folks in Inside the William Davis. Yeah, okay, yeah, that, yeah, that came out. And she was yeah. listening. She went to like the soundtracks Pandora or sure. something. Right, right. And then all of a sudden, this Dave Van Ronk song came on, and I was like, "Holy crap! What? What is this guy? What is this? Right? You know, it was the most evil thing. It was old vocal only, and there was like him like hitting this. Oh yeah, floor, yeah, yeah. And it was, and it was like. Talking about having no balls and going to war and all this fucked up shit. Saying fuck, he was saying like fucking in the and I was like, right. whoa. And so I was like, I got, I made a note. I wrote down his name. Yeah. Bought the CD. I actually purchased the CD. Right. And then like the next day, I was like, told Nathan Joyner from All Leather, dude, yep. we gotta cover this song. And a week later, we covered it. 
I love that. Just like as quick as quick as it can be. Yeah. That's just. I mean, it, but like that ex- that song existed since the '60s or right. '70s. And um, and it can still inspire. It just happened right now, and I was like, "This is it. This is the best thing. Ever. It totally makes so much sense to me." Right. You know, I mean, we're not it, the Vietnam War's not happening, but there's all kinds of other fucking wars happening, and this is like it just makes it like set chills down my spine. I was like, we need to do that. Right. So the inspiration would come from things like not irrelevant, but you know, like like you know, most people be like, "Oh yeah, I listen to like oh, this kind of hardcore," or like you know, with all other like totally fucking dig Skrillex. Like, right, right, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's like no, like <laughs> I listened right. to this folk singer and fucking thought like, dude, let's cover that shit. Yeah, let's make it sound like this. Yeah, right, right. Uh, two last things I want to hit on. Uh, one, one is is more of a this I think is just a, a funny observation in regards to like the reputation preceding you and reputation specifically for the locust. So it's like when you guys made those uh, compact mirrors. When everybody was just like, oh, like, Locust, like, the cocaine band. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it, it was one of those things where it was so, um, it, it, it just, it completely embodied that era of music and how people, just people placed so much, I mean, whether or not you guys did that intentionally, whether it was like, oh, like, dude, we're just making this a compact, like, this is, the girls like our music too, so, like, that'll exist. Um, but people immediately took that and ran with it in, like, yeah. a completely different direction. Um, I mean, do like, did you have so much negative feedback from that particular instance? And was that like frustrating for you guys to be like, Oh God, whatever. It's frustrating for me because I never even did cocaine. So I think like, I was like, dude, okay. It'd be one thing if I did it, right? but I haven't done it. And so you guys are fucking lame for talking shit about me. Right. There was times I remember being on tour and this, I remember this this girl yelling at me, Mm -hmm. who made my friend do cocaine? And I was like, what the fuck? I haven't even done it myself. Like, and she thought I was gay. And I was like, dude, you got the wrong guy. And I was on tour with some girls, so I was like, wrong fucking band, right. wrong guy. <laughs> you were off base, period. But I mean, not, not not to throw Gabe under the bus, I've been mistaken for him from the, by the police. <laughs> like, all kinds of shit. You right, know, right, like, right, right, right. You know, like, it's happened for a while. I mean, uh, yeah, but um, the negative thing was a drag, and it came out right when that Jerry Springer thing came out. And I think, yeah. And I, so there was like... So for me, it was weird because it was like, oh, there's this fucking douchebag, rock dude, drug addict. And I was like, okay, these are like, haha, it's a joke. Like, you guys take everything so fucking serious, you know? Right, right. And that, you know, and, 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 but at the same time, it's like, the mirror was, the mirrors were presented to us for free. And it was me hustling, thinking like, okay, what can we do with 10,000 of these fucking compact mirrors? Right. Let's put a sticker on them. Yeah. And sell them. Of course. Because we're broke. Right. <laughs> you know, it was the same reactionary philosophy of like, oh yeah, well, we have these, so let's do these with these. Yeah, yeah. yeah. most people would not have thought to do anything with it. No, you know? they were gonna go in the trash. I was like, no, 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 <laughs> fuck, hold on, and let me just think this out. You know, don't throw that away yet. This could be valuable, and it was. Yeah, and it was. It was valuable because we sold them and, and and made some money to go on tour and put gas in our van. Right, but it, we also it also projected us into this into this sort of like thing you know like oh let's talk about this band and right it wasn't just like oh there's this band that has keyboards and they've been in the, you know like, it, it was yeah, it they was wear like, masks and, it, yeah. it was like there's this fucking band who are a bunch of drug addicts fuck those guys you know and then like after a while then there was like bands like talk like start writing songs about they hated us right it's like okay fuck yeah we're succeeding right by not even trying you know like we didn't right. try right it just was like here yeah, here, here's this simple this simple item that that caused so much uh, yeah so much angst and like you said it goes back <laughs> to the idea of like 
you're provoking a reaction, and that's ultimately what you wanted to do across the board, like, yeah. regardless. But part of it, I think, was, was, was like, came out of the whole, like, very conservative mindset of, like, ebullition and, and, oh, and, yeah. and that stuff, what, you know, which is just so weird to me, because, I don't know, that, I was part of that community, and they, they rejected, they rejected Swing Kids, they were like, oh, you guys are artsy, and, right. you know, it's like, well, right. <laughs> rejected swing kids like how so like rejected as far as like you aren't a valid like this you can't be a part of our community because you guys are kind of we played our first show in, San, in Santa, Barbara, Santa Barbara sure and um Kim McClard just made fun of us while we are playing and it's like because we were three people from struggle you know and, and yeah and to me it was like it was the same as struggle but we weren't talking about like how we fucking hated police because right. we already talked about that yeah you know? we did and, that right and and we just so happened fucking i got rid of my dreadlocks right. you know and i that was about the extent of <laughs> yeah, it yeah, yeah, like yeah. I, got, I wasn't like a total scumbag anymore right. i was like okay i need to get a job i'm gonna fucking not look like a dirtbag right 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 i can't have these like yeah four inch dreads like yeah, yeah so what was the point like we were the same fucking essentially the same people right but it was like you you guys are fucked like, you're not part of this community. You're cast off. So, yeah, right, well, that's fine, I well, guess. <laughs> we'll, we'll find our community elsewhere. And the, uh, the last thing I want to hit on was the, um, the, you know, the idea of, of obviously, like, you know, continuing to, you know, move forward and, and, and be creative. And in the face of, obviously, adversity from, you know, just in general, like life getting in the way and stuff like that. Um, do, do you see yourself, you know stopping creating music to focus on you know other creative aspects <coughs> yeah i mean did you let, let me put it this way do you like is touring still fun for you from a you know a holistic perspective like is it is it still enjoyable or is it like god this sucks doing this eight hour drive or whatever like i've done this a million times or whatever like you know how, how does touring sit with you in your own head now i never go into tour thinking like this is gonna be rad or this is gonna suck I just look at it like, I'm going to go do this tour. Sure. And like not really have expectations. Okay. So there's been few times, I have pretty low standards, so there's been a few times where it's like, okay, this is fucking bullshit. Right. For instance, like we went to Europe, Retox did, and we had yep. this driver who was a total son of a bitch. Okay. And we all hated him. Sure. But we were with him every single day, and he was a fuckhead. <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, what do we do at this point? Like, right. For the next... Three weeks, this is going to suck right. really bad every day. And it did. It sucked the whole time. Right. So there's that kind of element, you know. But then you land a, you know, you do a tour and you, you're like, dude, we want our, we want our driver to be this guy. You know, my friend from, from, you know, from the Czech Republic who's awesome. Right. And then your tour is rad. And you're like, okay, I can have fun every day. And, like, he's a cool dude and he keeps it together and not, doesn't right. yell at me. And, <laughs> you know, like, what, yeah. whatever. Or, like, doesn't disappear. You know, but like, so things like that are like always good. But, you know, we went, we just did this really short Mexico tour and mm-hmm. we flew to Monterey. You know, we weren't making any money and it was just like, let's go play this festival and like play these other shows and it'll be fun. And I remember like getting down there and like, it was pretty cool. And, um, I was in, I was, my standards were low and I was like, okay, I'll just roll with it. And yeah, like yeah. thinking like, what's well, this weird? They're making this headline after death. That band. Um, yeah. Yeah. The- the, the, from the, Detroit, the right? black dudes, yeah, not, yeah. The, not right. the metal band, right? Not death, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, they're making us headline after death. It's so weird. Okay, well, whatever. I guess maybe because we're like hardcore or something. And then I was like, okay, it's starting to rain. And then like it rained out death's like half of their set or whatever. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. And then like, and then they just were like, okay, <clears throat> festival's gonna be over. Like, you're not gonna play. 
And so, like, we still got paid the little bit of money that we were supposed to get paid, but, like, we didn't sure. have to play. Right. And then I, like, flew back to Tijuana, and I was like, that just completely sucked. Yeah. Right. You go, doing all of this to go down there and have nothing, like, not even be able to do Like, it's not what? even about the money, or it wasn't about no. anything. It was like, I didn't get to play a show. Right. So, like, I just went and, like, walked around this festival. <laughs> right. Which... Which is kind of a torturous experience for a festival. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was it was it was interesting to some extent, but it was like okay, but the whole like pinnacle of that experience was like you're supposed to play a show, mm-hmm. and then you're thinking like, well, fuck, like people probably think we're not playing. Yeah, like this is an intentional decision. But like right. we literally like couldn't get onto the stage; they cut the power because there was like sparks and shit. And, oh right, right, it right. was like that. It is, it, we could die if we played. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The idea that obviously once you put art into the world. Um, you know, it's obviously not yours. Like people are going to do uh-huh. whatever they want with it. Um, <clears throat> and the idea that obviously, you know, a lot of stuff that, you know, we create when we are young still exists, you know, from like swing kids struggle, like everything that you, you have done from that perspective and people, um, you know, place so much importance on that stuff. Um, and maybe like, obviously don't pay attention to like what you're doing currently now, you know, uh-huh. um, is it is it one of those things where it's it's weird for people to have just because you have been so prolific to have these different like entry points to your musicalness like a, per, a person that knows you know retox has no fucking clue about swing kids like or vice versa where it's like you know uh, is it weird to have those interactions with people where it's kind of like oh yeah like there's some other stuff I've done in the past or whatever like not like you were saying that yourself but like. I don't really think, like, when, when someone, like, just finds out about Retox, I'm like, you should hear all my other Right, 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 right. Because for the most part, I kind of think, like, don't listen to that stuff. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, yeah, what I'm doing right now, I feel is a per- perfect for what you need right now. I mean, I, I'm proud of everything I've done, but at of the course. same time, I look back and I think, like, okay, there's, there's only, like, a portion of stuff that I've been part of that I feel I would still, like, push on someone. Right, right. So, like, someone that discovers Retox, I would, I would say, like, you should listen to some girls. Yeah, you know, or or like the you should listen to the very last Swing Kids Seven Inch and then not not the first step. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. or you know, like very, sure, or like don't listen to Crimson Curse at all. Right. So I think like yeah, yeah, yeah. I would I would feel like that. Sure. But 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 I also think like when people are like, oh, like Swing Kids, I love Swing Kids, and I'm like, yeah, but you should hear Retox. It's a lot better. Right. And it's net. Na- it's new. It's now. Right. And that's the only time I would think I'd ever say something to someone. I would of never course. say like, "You should listen to everything that I've ever." I've done some red shit in the past. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But but when they but they reference like only this old thing from ten, you know, 15, 20 years ago. <laughs> right. I'm like, no, no, no. But like right now, I'm actually in this band. You right. know, like I'm right now on a tour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. You have the ability to see this currently happening in your city. Well, I'll be, I would. There's been times where I'm like in a city, right, and they're like, "Oh my god." You know, I'm in a record store, so I'm like, you're, you're Justin from Swing Kids. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, I love that 7-inch, and, and what are you doing? What are you doing here? Yeah. And like, oh, I'm in a new band that's like, I think a lot, not, it's better, it's, yeah, more, yeah. it's more relevant, it's way, way more like, musically um, challenging or better or something. Right. And then they're like, oh, cool, later, dude, and that's like, okay, well, yeah, fuck, that's it. yeah well, yeah. like, <laughs> I guess, I guess that's lost on you. <laughs> I, I feel like if I ran into someone... Like when I was a little kid, I was I was really obsessed with septic death. So if I ran if I ran into Pusshead, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Fuck you, Pusshead from Septic Death," you know, and he was like, "Oh, I'm actually in San Diego on tour with my new band." Right. I would go to that goddamn show. Right. Like what? You're in a new You're like band? I didn't. Yeah. Wh- that, you know? That's my <laughs> fault for not knowing that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
I wouldn't be like, cool, have a good show tonight, dude. I'm out of here. <laughs> right. Like, oh, that's, yeah. So technically, I don't necessarily care about anything you're doing right now. Yeah. I just, I, I, I really like the combination of jazz and hardcore. I was, I was basically, <laughs> that, was, that was all I was interested in. <laughs> well, I really appreciate you hanging out and doing this. Yeah. And I, I hope it was uh, enjoyable for you in some <laughs> respects. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. So yeah, we're uh, we're about one episode away from the end of June, which is our month of what I define as very, very important people within the context of like punk and hardcore, heavy music in general. These are people who have been involved for a long time and it just happened to sync up. So thank you to Justin for hanging out with me, taking the time out of his day. He was about to leave for a tour in like two or three days after we did the interview. So he had a lot in his mind, but he's like, no, let's do this, man. This will be fun. And uh, yeah, so thank him for that. This episode, as always, is produced by Tom Richfield, my good bro and buddy and confidant in this show. Visit propertyofzack.com, visit 100wordspodcast.com, and uh, yeah, toss a review for the show if you are enjoying it. And on next week is Sean Ingram, the vocalist for the band Coalesce, who I think they're still around. They still consider themselves an active band in regards to maybe playing a festival here or there each year. But uh, he also runs a company called Blue Collar Distro, which is a great online resource for merchandise and all that sort of stuff. But anyways, that will conclude our, our themed month. But uh, yeah, it's been really fun to have that as a, as a running theme because I just never have done that with this show. So it was fun. Until next week, be safe, everybody. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Trust me in saying that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all of the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. High Five Casino Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at HighTheNumber5Casino.com. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings.